0: Welcome to another audio installment of Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I am your host, Aaron Cunningham, and this week in the studio we have a very special guest, the one, the only, my longtime most faithful friend, Zach Kuntz. And Zach is joining us from the great state of New York, uh, where he is currently stationed as a member of the United States Army. And uh, this week, Zach, you are going to be discussing with us something I think you are and that is what it means to love God with your strength. We've talked about loving God with our mind, and now I'm curious to know uh, what does it mean to love God with your strength. But before we jump into that topic, Zach, uh, this is the first time you've joined us on Tiptoe Through the Tulip, so could you give us kind of just a a quick background on who you are, um, your testimony up to where you're at right now?
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I think you're giving me a little bit more credit than I deserved. However, uh, I grew up in the same hometown as Aaron and Hayes. We have been friends for 20 years almost. It's been a long time. Um, I came to Christ in college, I would say. That's when I really started to get into Reformed theology and really decided for myself what is true and I guess that's when I would say God opened my eyes to what is true. Uh, and since college, I've been trying to read learn do my own study, and just grow from there. Uh, I joined the military out of college. I've been in for about two and a half years now. Uh, like Aaron said, I am up at Fort Drum, New York. It's upstate New York. Today, it actually snowed in May. A great time. Um, but <laughs> I, will, yeah, I will continue into loving God with all your strength, which... I kind of take to be uh, two different things. So I guess the first, well, actually, I'm going to start off with a question. So Aaron, question for you. If God were to give you a gift, whether that be like a book, piece of jewelry, or for you, because I know you will just say a pocket watch, um, what would you do with that gift? If it was like a pocket watch that God gave you personally?
0: Oh, man. Well, first of all. Love that we're reversing the platform of these frolics and you're the one asking questions. Uh, and I, I love that take charge. But if I was given a gift from God directly, I would probably like seal it off in a protective case and like, you know, never, ever touch it or use it. And like, it would be this, like, I'd make everybody come in and admire it, but I would probably never wear it. Cause I'd be terrified to like, damage it or ruin that gift so that's actually my same
1: point and i'll go into a little bit on how i kind of i'm i'm back and forth i'm like 50 50 because if i were to be given something from god i'd want to do the exact same thing um but the point the main point is that you would take care of it you would try and honor it because it is a gift from god and i think that's how you should view one, your life, but then also your body, because like your life, your body is literally a gift from God. So loving God with all your strength, I'm going to take a very literal interpretation for my first kind of spiel, uh, is loving God with the strength of your body, honoring God through the proper care of your body, uh, because he gave us this gift that we have. And so we should one learn how to take care of it, and then two, actually do that. In my opinion, uh, so like approaching how to treat your body as if uh, as if it were a gift from God, because it is. But like, you know, how making sure you don't damage it, uh, trying to do proper care for it, but then also using it. So uh, w- with loving God with all your strength, I think that definitely goes into. Uh, glorifying God with your strength, but then also it helps your spirit. Uh, I'm going to be jumping around between Bible verses. I don't like doing this because you can take them out of context. Sometimes I'm very much a a context person, Uh, but with first, first Corinthians chapter six, verse 12 through 20, uh, the, I'll just read an excerpt from that. I'm not going to go and read the entire thing, but uh, well, first off, this part in corinthians is paul talking or writing a letter to the corinthian church and this particular verse is dealing with sexual immorality just to give you background on the verse itself so i don't take anything too far out of context but i think it gives a window into how god has designed this system that he made as far as like the interaction between body and spirit uh and consciousness and so i think this kind of gives a window into that And so the uh, verse starts off in verse 12 is, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for uh, for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. So once again, going into sexual immorality, but I think it speaks to that uh, your bodies are members of Christ himself. So that should definitely give you a, a, or at least to me, it gives me kind of a different air of like, how am I treating my body? What am I doing with my body in terms of, am I sitting on the couch all night and eating chips and ice cream? like it, 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 like what are you doing to your body that is a gift from God and a member of Christ himself?
0: Um. yeah, I love that there're there are two kind of sub of thought. One is what I hear you talking to a lot in this is, this concept of stewardship right god has given us a gift and it's our responsibility to take care of that gift we have control or dominion over it and so we need to be good stewards of the resource that he has given us in our physical body and then the the second thought is what i hear coming out of that corinthians passage and it's the idea that we are somehow tethered to christ Uh, we are a representation of christ in everything we do and if we are not stewarding our physical resource of a body well in christ uh, that can be a poor reflection on christ in general so i I love these thoughts so far and i don't want to interrupt you too much because i know you've got a formulaic plan to explain this so i'll let you keep
1: going interject your thoughts you're a very smart person and i'd love your opinions as well um and it's nice to have more of a i'm gonna
0: isolate i'm gonna isolate that audio of you calling me a very smart person and we're just gonna run that this week's up that'll work i'm not it's (laughs) weird for me used to this because matthias and and travis bully me in these sessions and so it's nice to have someone that's complimentary for us so um that's that i'll let you keep talking
1: you need a balance the kind of build you up and then also humble you i think li- being balanced in your lifestyle is very important which actually i would also go with glorifying god through your strength um doing a balanced lifestyle so you know you could say work out for jesus if you want um but i think it's like doing your best strengthening your body as a way to honor god and give him credit as cheesy and weird as it may sound There are definitely times where when I'm either running or, you know, doing sprints for workouts in the morning, like when I'm sucking, I will kind of think in the back of my mind, like, hey, this is like strengthening your body. Like this is for God. Like what I'm doing is for God, not just myself, but like to honor him as well. Um, And as I think honoring God can be something as simple as just. Eating right, exercising, like you don't have to be an Olympic athlete, but just taking care of yourself, I think is just a very simple way of honoring God. You don't have to honor God through these big grand schemes, which I'm sure he appreciates as well, but just in your everyday life by, you know, eating fruits and vegetables instead of fats or whatever, like uh, just proper care.
0: So that brings up an interesting question, Zach, because I've accidentally stumbled into a gym on a couple of occasions in my life. And um, I, I meet people at gyms who, you know, their primary focus and motivation is to lose weight, or their primary motivation is to, you know, uh, get swole or get gains, you know, and, and build muscle. Uh, what should our primary motivation be as Christians who are trying to be good stewards of our body? What should be driving that? I think
1: all of those are... Valid things like getting the body type that you want and what fits you so for myself just example is that with the military you kind of need a more functional fitness style like it just being able to run a marathon isn't really enough in the military like you need to be able to lift and be, like you need that strength of that functional fitness functional strength to be able to do all the different motions and carry the load that the military requires of us. Uh, so you kind of need a different body type than someone who loves running. So I think it can look different ways. I would say because God designed us in all shape, different shapes and sizes, like we're all humans vary. Um, I would say everyone's kind of metric of their healthy weight is different for everyone, which is not a very helpful point. But like, I, I feel like most people will know when they've kind of reached past the point of healthy. So like not everyone needs to be, thin model front page model style body type like that's not how people are that's not real Um, but everyone i think kind of has this idea of like what's a healthy weight for them there are people who are naturally bigger than others and their healthy weight is going to be different than you know someone who's more petite like you've met my mom she's about five two like her healthy weight is going to be different than my dad's healthy weight who's six foot like and even between me and my dad we're both six foot but like i have a different body type than my dad like i'm a little bit more broad-shouldered so my healthy weight is going to be different than what my dad is i'm typically about probably 15 pounds heavier than my dad and at any given time but neither of us are unhealthy if that makes sense
0: right yeah so another question that i have is You know, having been in a gym on a few occasions, one thing I noticed that I think is kind of indicative of the gym culture is usually they are covered in mirrors, particularly around the weight area, like the weight sets and dumbbells. And I think it's very easy when you are being physically active and making an intentional effort to exercise and get in shape or get stronger uh, to really focus in on yourself. And I mean, that makes sense. We're we're looking at our body. We're looking at results. We're looking at areas that need improvement. How do you uh, love God with your strength without allowing your vision to shift from focusing on God and doing it to honor and glorify God to turning it into making, you know, Zach Kuntz look good and Aaron Cunningham look average?
1: This is... This is definitely a point that I kind of struggle with because trying to get that, you know, ripped, like shredded body six pack, like that's definitely an allure and something I kind of have to remind myself, like, I don't need to have a six pack, but I need once again, that functional fitness. So like, I know what I need for my job and having a, the fact that my job requires me to be physically fit it's definitely kind of gives me already a benchmark of stuff to shoot for. So you kind of have that performance metric already built in, or at least in my life already built in of what the army requires that I have to run four miles in 32 minutes or less, or, you know, like our division assigned certain metrics of like the goal should be everyone being able to bench press one and a half times their body weight, or, uh, you know, they have certain bench or like, Uh, Metrics that they want everyone to hit, and so I kind of already have that built in. And so it's working towards that and not towards a look is helpful. And I think one thing taking mirrors out of a gym uh, is uh, beneficial. Or mirrors are good for like certain exercises when form really matters, because there are certain exercises that if you don't do the form right you will hurt yourself. So like having a mirror to be able to see, are you you know, going parallel or are you doing the exercise correctly is helpful, but you're right. It definitely breeds this, oh, look at me. My muscles are so big type attitude. Um, and so it is a struggle. Right. To-
0: I, mean, to- I was just going to say to be clear, I ever looked in the mirror and thought my, oh, my gut is so big, but I think I see what you're saying. You know, something you said there kind of struck me, and it was this idea of um, kind of being proficient for what your vocation is, uh, requires of you. Um, But I, knowing you, Zach, I know you wouldn't exempt someone like me who, you know, sits in an office eight hours a day or at most has to like carry a marginally heavy court file. Uh, what would you say to people who have a more sedentary lifestyle or a desk job that don't have to, you know, physically for their job, carry 60 plus pounds or run for miles on the end? Um, why would they need to be invested in, you know, the strength training for the Lord, so to speak?
1: I I would say one, it just something clicks when you're healthy and active. And it, it, there's even c- certain science sciences to prove it. Like I'm trying to think specifically of a, a study, but I know one study was done on the effect of blue light and how that makes you more alert and more cognizant. And so where do we get blue light from? Well, well, walk outside on a sunny day and the sky is blue and that like wakes you up. So it's almost like this biological, uh, you know, either whether it's an evolutionary development that we've had or whether that's by God's design of when we see blue light, we're more alert, we're more energetic. Um, I think just having a healthy lifestyle definitely plays into that to where when your body functions well, then your spirit will function well, because going back to First Corinthians, once again, your uh, body is linked to Christ and your body and spirit are linked, like what you do to your body affects your spirit and vice versa, I would say. Uh, And there's actually a study done. I was listening to a podcast earlier this week on doing acts of kindness. So this, you can almost like flip it. What you do to your spirit affects your body. Uh, But it was a study on doing acts of kindness. And it showed a group of people that they studied and the group that did acts of kindness to other people had more like anti-inflammatory, like your body's natural anti-inflammatory. Like if you get hurt, your body produces uh, stuff that naturally helps it heal. Uh, These people that did acts of kindness to other people had more uh, higher levels of this like self healing chemical in their body than any other group and any other group. It was no change from how you are normally to after they do an act of kindness for themselves or, you know, whatever the test was, it was for other people. So you kind of see this spirit like, you know, I would say that's helping your spirit or acts of kindness to other people. But that's also giving positive effects to your body. And I would say the vice versa works to where having a healthy lifestyle and like taking care of your body is also going to be beneficial to your spirit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I, I experience that on a daily basis, you know, when I'm working out and and feeling good about things. I mean, there's, you know, some brain chemistry behind it too. the release of certain chemicals that does make you feel good after you exercise but that often translates into a better outlook for me uh it translates into more productivity because my body's already up and moving and motivated to do things and so i I see a lot of truth to that and i think one of the big connectors and i'm pretty sure you're actually prepared to talk about this today is both with physical discipline and spiritual discipline um, or strength. I mean, they both require a level of discipline and consistency. And so I'm really curious to hear what advice you have for our listeners to have some level of discipline in their spiritual lives and how that links to loving God with their strength.
1: Yes. And this actually is a great segue because I was about to bring in that one of the ways I guess, spiritually, even though you're exercising, it kind of produces an inherent work ethic because you have to push yourself. Like, You're running however far you want, one, two, three miles, whatever distance. Well, at the end of it, when you're getting tired, like pushing yourself to the finish, that requires kind of this self, it requires self-discipline. Like you have to push yourself. A lot of times that like end of the, you know, the last few hundred yards of whatever run you have when you're sucking wind and you want to stop and walk the rest of it, like you need that work ethic, you need that self-discipline to push through. And so- Uh, That self-discipline is important just in the Christian life in general uh, because time and work ethic. So going back to kind of my first point, like your life is a gift from God. There's 168 hours in a week. So how do you spend your time? Like, what are you putting your time to? And uh, I think that really kind of is indicative of what people value. So where's your time going in a given week? And you can kind of see where... um, where people actually like what people truly value, I would say by how they spend their time. <laughs> uh,
0: and right. so, yeah, and I, I think that's, I, I think that's so true. And and I may be cutting you off before you get to this point. Uh, But I think a lot of our listeners, I know that I am hearing this and thinking, yeah, I look at how I spend my time and I don't like it. And so what advice would you give to people to change how they're spending their time? What have you done that's helped you to stay disciplined and doing the things that you ought to be doing?
1: Uh, One thing, and so this is where it's going to be hard to map to what works uh, as once again, as weird or as nerdy as the sound, I actually started keeping a more diligent track of what I actually put my time to. Uh, So keeping track of how much TV do I watch? uh, How often do I read? Like, how much time do I give to God in terms of either devotional, church, whatever? I've actually started keeping time, like kind of tracking the time that I spend a week on that. and. It really one starts opening your eyes to where you do put your time, like, and just doing a quick calculation. If you were to, you know, watch TV for an hour and a half, two hours a week over a hundred year lifespan, that ends up being about ten years of your life. And so I kind of think of like when I, you know, when I die and I'm looking back at the timeline of my life, am I going to be looking at, oh hey, you know, yes, I got ten years of TV time in, like, woo, like w- what? What are you? I guess. <laughs> what do you want to see at the end of your life that you've done and the first thing is just keeping track of what you actually do like how often do you scroll through stuff on your phone and next thing you know two hours later it's like oh crap i should probably eat dinner you know something
0: yeah so I on a really practical level not that we get like paid to you know sponsor or advertise for them but what do you use to track your hours I mean is it like a hard copy journal or is there a phone app to use uh
1: there is it's called a tracker capital a and then tracker at the end um, it's you have to click start and stop a lot of the time so it like you have to remember to do it so there are times I'll look back and it's like oh yeah well I haven't been know doing xyz for the past hour because i forget hit stop um but it you can assign different things it's a app that like i have sleeping uh podcasts because i like listening to podcasts so how much time i do on that reading uh writing cardio strength exercises work uh, tv internet like i kind of go through different just different things of like what knowing what I how I spend my time already, and then kind of made a conscious effort to track that and see how much time. And then the app itself, um, you can see it like gives you reports, so you can get it shows you, you know, either bar graphs or pie charts on this week, this month, um, the past year. Like you can do different ranges of it gives you how the average daily average of, of what you're doing each day, uh, the total times, everything.
0: Awesome. Um, So we've talked about, you know, tracking these things, reviewing these things, not being very happy with them. Um, What advice would you give? Because one thing I've learned and I've, I've not, you know, done this with my exercise regimen, but with my task managing, I've used a few different things to kind of make sure I'm staying on track in my daily tasks that I have to get accomplished. And one thing I found is that a, You'll have a rough day, something will go wrong, and you'll fail, and you won't be where you want to be, and you'll get kind of depressed and be tempted to quit and give up. What advice you give to people to maintain that discipline, to pursue loving God with their strength, even when they're not getting the results they're hoping for, or they have a bad week and they don't get in the exercise, or just aren't taking care of themselves like they should be? What would you say to those listeners?
1: so i guess this isn't going to be uplifting the first thing i would say is that the christian life is hard it's like i and i think an appropriate appreciation and teaching of a like the christian life this process of becoming more and more like jesus from when god say like god reveals himself to you and through your death um Like the Christian life is this process of growing more and more like Jesus and being that reflection of God and Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. And that's a hard, long climb. And I don't think people appreciate that much because our American culture kind of inundates us with the end. Like it's always the climax of the story or, you know, it's always the end result. Like we don't really appreciate the climb. And I guess a few examples I thought of were it. Like certain montage scenes, like you you watch movies and, you know, Hercules, the workout scene that Hercules goes through is a three minute song and dance thing that covers however many years from him starting as a scrawny little person to someone who, you know, is fit and acts a hero or is supposed to be a hero Uh, like that. That's all covered in three minutes. Same with. Lion King with Simba's growing up time that, you know, year or two occurs in a two minute Hakuna Matata means no worries type thing, Uh, even like Rocky. If you look at like the workout montages of showing him training to get ready for a fight, that months long process is done in a four minute montage scene that makes you feel good because it's 80s music like I don't think we have this appropriate appreciation and need to be aware of how our culture affects us in that because we don't talk about the climb. We don't talk about the day-to-day grind, the hard life of one just, you know, life itself and reaching your goals, but then just that Christian life of day-to-day slog of fighting against sin, of trying to be more Christ-like and failing because sin still exists with us. Uh, and so, we will still sin. Like growing in Christ's likeness doesn't mean you're gonna be perfect and never sin. That doesn't happen till later. Uh, but it's this constant it's practicing. it's making it a habit. Like even though you may fail, you can still make these things a habit. Like w- just an interruption of once or twice it, it, um, as you go along isn't isn't gonna deter you from making a habit uh, or something a habit or making that part of your lifestyle. Uh, do you know how long it takes to make something a habit?
0: I heard the figure once. I forgot it.
1: Uh, average. So a study was done in, uh, the university college of London. Uh, average is 66 days. So, and wow, it varies based on how hard that task is. So, you know, doing something easy, like I'm going to drink a glass of water every morning, like that's, uh, the fastest time was 18 days, and the longest time was 254 days to make a certain task a habit. So whether that's <laughs> yeah, working out, reading the Bible every morning, drinking a glass of water a day—if you don't drink enough water, like w- whatever that is—254 days. That's starting in January and ending in mid-August. Like that's basically eight, nine months to make a certain task a habit so it isn't wow just having that i think one going in knowing that okay this is going to be a long slog i think help would help people or at least i know i when i know what i'm looking at it definitely helps me because it's not like oh yeah i'm going to do this and then realize oh crap that's a big mountain i have to climb like that it's not it like that can deter you right off the bat before you start sometimes when you realize how big of a, a task it is to become more like jesus like that's a pretty big mountain to climb uh,
0: yeah and i think i think a huge part of that too is and this is basically what you're saying i think realizing that we are going to fail because we're being called to do um that of perfection. And and that's what discipline is in a nutshell. Uh, And what I would argue loving God with your strength is in a nutshell, isn't the ability to flawlessly do the task. But when you attempt it and you fail and you fail and you fall short again and again, discipline is saying, yeah, but I'm going to keep trying. It's that perseverance. It's that resilience to get back up and try again and make it that habit and grow in it and get better and better at it every day. And I'm looking at the clock here and I see that we're running short on time. And so I just want to say or give you an opportunity, Zach, is there any last thoughts that you are listeners to know about the discipline of loving God with your strength?
1: Mainly that it's like it's once again, it's that process of sanctification of becoming more like Christ. And that's not an easy task, but showing improvement is huge and it's a task where you're never going to it's you're never going to do it perfectly so failing is i don't want to say sinning's okay but like y- you are going to fail having that realization but showing that continuous improvement that just that t- continual growth because you are like when it comes to a christian life you are becoming more like christ over your lifetime that is what a christian life is it will be messy it will be hard there's going to be struggle but in eternity in christ in heaven in a place that is without sin is the is the reward these 80 years are nothing compared to the eternity in heaven with christ and god that we will face and i think that's that is the message of christianity
0: absolutely and and just like with the rest of christianity you know loving god with your strength starts And ends with remembering that that strength doesn't come from us, that we're only capable of doing that and practicing those disciplines through the power of the Holy Spirit and through Christ's atoning work on the cross. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. Zach, I know we're going to have to have you back for future episodes to maybe discuss this further and a few other passion topics of yours. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, until next time, keep persevering.
1: (laughs) You too. Thank you for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Sounds good. And I uh, I guess now my my sign off is kind of awkward. So, Zach, I'll actually let you sign us off um, and you can tell the listeners to keep cursing.
1: <laughs> well, remember, just keep going, keep improving, because in the end, it is worth it. Eternity and community with your Savior. That, that is what we are looking towards. That is the hope of Christianity and of
0: Jesus Christ. And, and with that, we will draw this episode to a close. So until next time, listeners, by practicing these disciplines and loving God with your strength, keep persevering.